Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, This is Ann Coker. And Ann is a dear friend of mine that we met probably about five years ago in uh, our writing group. Um, Ann is a writer, and I've got to tell you, to me, the most beautiful thing uh, is what we're going to talk about today, and that is Ann's husband, Bill William Coker, was a pastor for a long, long time, and... um, she has decided to take some of his works and turn them into books and a podcast now. So, and well, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about your inspiration. Well, we are Southerners now living in the Midwest, and we both had Christian parents and grew up in the church. Uh, we have our own stories about how we came to the Lord. Um, Bill was already pastoring a small church in North Biloxi, Mississippi, mm-hmm. when we got married. And then we um, moved to Kentucky, and then Indiana, where Bill attended graduate schools. Um, and then in 1989, um, we moved from Kentucky, where Bill was a college professor and uh, Dean, and we came to Terre Haute, Indiana, where Bill pastored an interdenominational church for 19 years, and that was the longest he'd been at any church. Uh, <clears throat> he contracted Legionnaire's disease after being retired for two years, and that seemed to advance the symptoms mm. of dementia. In 2017, we moved to Indianapolis, bought a home with our daughter and her husband. Our daughter's a nurse, and we needed help with caregiving because now it was di- Bill was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And it has stolen Bill's logic and understanding, among other aspects, of a healthy mind and body. Yeah. Well, my grandmother and my mother um, both had Alzheimer's. And so I'm familiar with it on that level. Um, But it's not the same as being the spouse and being there all the time. Um, That that's a, a difficult thing. How do you how do you put that into words for somebody? Well, it's, it is difficult, and um, you rely on the Lord, but at the same time, I falter, fail, make lots of mistakes. This morning was probably one of those days, mm-hmm. um, different, um, having accidents and just um, trying to keep my temper and patience. Mm-hmm. Um, moving to Indianapolis made a lot of changes for us, challenges. Um, our routines, our relationships changed. Um, Bill no longer was preparing for ministry opportunities, no longer reading. 
Uh, most days he plays solitaire on his computer and watches TV reruns in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I'm now the one that makes decisions, big and little. Um, you could say, though, that I've found my voice because he's no longer the spokesman. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that has just been beautiful to me is that you uh, share your words and your voice, but you've also shared his voice. Um, and, you know, for those of you listening and not, not seeing this on YouTube, we've got four books sitting right here that uh, Anne has, has written that are based on Bill's sermons. And you, you want to tell us a little bit about the, the books? Well, let me first tell you about yeah. my days as writing. Um, I call it my dream job. Um, when I and others would ask Bill to write a book, because, I mean, we were gaining from his messages, um, he would answer by saying, there are enough books out there. Well, now I get to make the decision. <laughs> um because I know that people have learned from his preaching because it was really a lot of teaching uh, the Bible and using experience. And so <clears throat> I wanted to see that other people had a handle on this, got to um, have it in, in book form, uh, printed material. So... Because we had all of his taped sermons, and I'm talking about cassette tapes, um, of 19 years of sermons, and then also his notebooks, because he preached from uh, a long outline, um, I decided to take on the task and the privilege of seeing his uh, messages in print. The first book was um, Words of Endearment, which is um, the Ten Commandments as a Revelation of God's Love. And that was the title of his series on the Ten Commandments, Words of Endearment, uh, because they were words spoken uh, to the Israelites and they were to abide by those words. I mainly chose that one because of length, because he would preach on books of the Bible, like Ephesians or Romans, and they went into like 30 to 50 sermons. Right. And so that was too long to put into one book. So I chose the Ten Commandments, which starts with a Decalogue and ends with another sermon about the Word. So um, I also had at that same time, our grandson was at um, One Mission Society, and they had the equipment there to change the the, um, cassette tapes into digital format. Mm -hmm. 
And so that was what the publisher said it had to be. I mean, you thought I was in the dark ages when I told him, <laughs> well, I have these cassettes of his sermons. But you can't find a cassette player That's right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. We have one, though. Or, or yeah, it's hard to find one that won't eat the tape, too. <laughs> yeah. you know? We had that yeah. on, on one of his messages. Yeah. So um, I think I got away from your... your, no, your well, my question was, tell us about the books. Well, you already started. <laughs> so we've got a Words of Endearment. And um, the, you, the second one was Prayers. Prayers for the People. So Bill wrote out his prayers for the morning worship service and also prayers for funerals and weddings. And so those, I had his notebooks full of his prayers, and so that was an easy transition. I would just take the notebooks and choose prayers and, and type them out and put them together. And that was actually requested. Um, the book was requested by a former church member who especially loved his benedictions. Mm-hmm. Um so she asked to include those in, in a book and to to have his prayers. So um Then you got Let the Church Be the Church. That's the last one. Mm-hmm. Participate in God's miracle. That's your subtitle. And that was not really a series one date after another. It was it's a collection of sermons that he's preached um, throughout his years uh, on the church. There are a few that are grouped, but um, so that was the last one. The th- you have a nice little book on Advent, right? Well, there's an endorsement in "Let the Church Be the Church" by John Matthew Walker. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find that? <laughs> I call my friends, uh, you know. That's right. <laughs> so, um, and now I love the title of this one, and there was a little story you told us about that one. The, the last book are four messages about Christmas, and it's called The Scandal of Christmas. Tell us a little bit about that one. Well, it's just it's about four people involved in the Christmas story. It's uh, Advent reflections on four of these figures, these characters, and it's uh, Zechariah, um, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And the favorite of what people heard was uh, Joseph, the ordinary man in the shadows. And Mary was the peasant girl behind the creed, because she's in our Apostles' Creed. So, um, and you were talking about chewing up a cassette tape. The For the podcast, when we scheduled that, yeah, Bill has a podcast called Words of Endearment with Bill Coker. And for that um, getting ready for that podcast, we had scheduled these for Christmas, and I got the tapes out, and one of the tapes was split. Oh. And guess which one? Yeah. One Jesus. One Jesus. Jesus. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, it was just no way. I mean, it was really bad looking. And so, 
you know, I'm not to be put down and stop a, uh, a system going. So I asked our grandson uh, in Indianapolis if he would read the one on Jesus from the book. Okay. And he did, and it has so happened. It, it was probably the most theological of all of them. And um, he had to look up some of the words in order to pronounce them. Oh, but um, but he did all that in advance. That's not, right. Not while he was recording. No, it. no. And so uh, he did a good job. We we were very pleased. So that was last December. That's good. That's really good. Um, so, well, we've gone through talking about the different books. Um, tell me what it was like just getting started in that whole process of trying to publish that. Well, I chose hybrid publishers, okay. which means that um, we pay for the book to be published. They're uh, called indie publishers, but hybrid means they also have editors, artists, um, illustrators, copywriters, and uh, formatters. And the first book um, on the Ten Commandments was done by uh, Sermon to Book. The other three were done by EA Books, a Christian hybrid publisher. And um, they... uh, it was it was a hands-on uh, process mm-hmm. for me, starting with my uh, editing, which I'd never called it editing, uh, to Bill. Um, he would see me with a manuscript and a pen making notes, and he would say, what is that? And I said, oh, that's one of your sermons. He says, what are you doing to it? <laughs> And I said, well, I'm changing, moving your spoken voice into the reading voice so that uh, there's some differences in that. You just can't go word by word from that. So that's my part. It's his word, his voice, but I'm changing it so it can be read. He has to trust you in order to take his sermons and to, to do fun. Yeah, uh, tell me about your marriage. How long have you been married? 65 years. Wow. Just 65? Just, just 65. Just working on... How many wonderful years is that? <laughs> That's 65. <laughs> wonderful years. Day, you're not asking about days. That's right, days. <laughs> uh, well, I think it takes a lot of devotion and dedication on your part to do the work that you've mm-hmm. chosen to do. Uh, it's interesting to me because my wife's been after me to write books. You know, I retired two years ago, and she's trying to get me to write books. And I, and I just, she just said it today when I walked out of the house. And I said, I don't write that well. And uh, he didn't have that problem because you're writing the book. So that's a pretty good, uh, well, pretty good deal. And I didn't just go from his notes, his outline. Mm-hmm. I had it, uh, the verbal... Um, recordings of his uh, sermons. And then uh, I would 
listen to that and work through it. And then like one of them, uh, the one on the church had been transcribed by a friend, a blogger friend in Tennessee. So she was the one that put it from the taped to the um, writing. Um, it is a matter of trust, and it's not just with Bill, but it's with the people you work with in publishing. Like if I contract an editor or an illustrator, like um, the uh, Advent book, The Scandal of Christmas, was the first one I'd done with editing, with uh, an illustrator. Um, the church book was the first one that I uh, contracted an editor. Well, I can't put my personal judgment on that. I've got to like it. I've got to agree with them. But I can't, I've got to trust their skill and their judgment as well. Um, I've got to trust that they're in that business and they know what sells and um, what people will like. So It's like being in a car with two steering wheels. It works best if just one person is controlling the steering. And you can have suggestions and trade off now and then. But if two people are steering at the same time, you can get into real problems. Well, it's like driver's ed. That's right. Mm -hmm. we, my driver's ed class, we're going 55 miles an hour down the highway, and the, the teacher says, you need to turn right here. Well, the girl that was driving starts to turn, and the, the car just squeals to a stop. And she looks at him and says, did I do that? And he's like, no, I don't know what you were going to do, but you need to slow down for the turn. He pushed on his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like the editor putting a stop on it before you crash. I'm going to date myself, but the cars in driver's ed when I took it were manual shift. Oh, God. Uh, Can you yeah. imagine having those today? Yeah. Yeah. So now, Ann, you said that um, when you were working through um, words of endearment, that that process expanded your faith. What what happened there? What do you mean by that? Well, to um, contact people, being in touch with people that get the books, uh, the marketing, and getting responses back from them, mm -hmm. um, it was not just encouraging, but to see that there, there was this connection with truth that they appreciated and they wanted to, um, to show their appreciation. Um, like there'll be, I would get checks with notes in them mm -hmm. uh, yeah. about that. So we get author copies um, and so I sell some from the house, but of course, most of them are on Amazon. Sure. The books are his sermons. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about his testimony of coming to Jesus? Kind of why did he go to seminary? Why did he yeah. become a preacher? You know, well, if he... he were talking, he would tell you that he was called to preach before he was saved. Okay. He... Um, 
at age 18, just senior in high school, the Lord called him during a church service, during his home church in New Orleans, but um, had nothing to do with the pastor because he was liberal. Um, but he he knew that God called him to preach. He contacted his preacher uncle in Mississippi, and he ended up going to Indian Springs camp meeting, and that's where he went forward and gave his life to Christ. How old was he? Um, 18? 18 or 19 or 20. He was still, he was in college at the time. And never looked back. No, you know, if it, it, he says he just could not get away from, from that that call. Hmm. It was, it was, he would say it was verbal. He knew. Hearing the voice of God. Never got, I'm sure it is. He couldn't get away from it. Hmm. Sounds like a little bit like the Apostle Paul, you know, when Jesus says to him, uh, it's not recorded in the Damascus Road story, but later it's recorded in Acts that during that moment, Jesus said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like prodding an, an oxen along to keep them on the path. You know, Jesus starts prodding you before you're even, you know, on his team yet. So that's a neat, neat thing. And, and uh, I, I believe that. Uh, and that's something that you've seen even in Scripture, um, mm-hmm. where God calls the sometimes the unwilling or the unbelieving. He did yeah. the same thing yeah. with Jonah, yeah. you know. Right, right. Right. Well, Bill um, resisted there at the camp meeting of going forward Mm -hmm. because he knew people that knew he was headed toward the ministry. And so he said he wrestled with it in his room before he let go and just went forward one evening. How about you? I, uh, I'd say I went forward for the Lord um, several times, but um, the one that got me on the right road was at a youth camp. I went forward when they, um, during a service, when they were asking if you wanted to be in full-time Christian service. That was the term. And I went forward for that. But when I got back in the cabin was up on the top bunk, I knew that um, my sins were not forgiven. So how do I go into full-time Christian service not being forgiven? And so up on that top bunk was when I confessed my sins and asked the Lord to be my Savior. And never look back. No. Amen. Amen. Been some struggles and ups and downs. I was sure. sure. Life's, life's not easy, is it? <laughs> sure. So. So, Anne, um, this is more for folks that 
you know, or maybe going through a similar experience with uh, a loved one, family member, that kind of thing. But uh, do you mind to share just something about your your day to day now and how you're how you're working through things and living with uh, with Bill and with your daughter and son in law? Well, I truly appreciate having the help from Becky and Paul um, because there's um, the knowledge about medical issues mm-hmm. with her being a nurse. Um, but it's also her dad she's uh, talking right. about. But they do have a bit of a, <clears throat> you know, step back to know, all right, mm-hmm. um, maybe you should try this. We've read books together uh, on Alzheimer's. Uh, one of the books is titled New Every Day. And so that's our slogan. Yeah. We say you can't judge one day by the next that what it's going to be or say, okay, this happened today, so it's going to happen again. You can't, you can't do that. It's not, it's not part of the disease. I think the biggest struggle for me is getting mad at the disease mm-hmm. instead of Bill because I, I know what he was and the logic and understanding that he had and the structure of his day. He still likes to organize things. If he was at this table now, he'd be putting everything straight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, this can't be at an angle. It's got to be straight. And uh, he goes around the house doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, He dozes off a lot during the day. Uh, but he still has a long good night's sleep. I'm also writing a memoir uh, for caregivers, and it's, you know, he's in the story, but it's mostly about me, my feelings, frustrations, my faith through all of this. Um, and so... Um, that consumes part of my time getting that uh, together. Right now, I'm just writing. It's not organized. And that was the advice of my writing mentor, um, a member of what's called Book Camp with Chad Allen. And um, he says, just write, just write. Don't worry about organizing it right now. But um, the day to day. That's a hard thing to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was a former editor, and so it's hard for me to write without editing at the same time. Tell me, are you a grandmother? We have 10 grandchildren. Oh, yeah. And we have four children, 10 grandchildren, and 13 oh, great grandchildren. Wow. Uh, three of those great grandchildren are triplets. Wow. We have in Tennessee two boys and a girl. They're about nine years old now. Our youngest great grandchild is eight months old. So, and she was with us last week. So, um, 
I don't know if I've covered all the bases you wanted. Day to day, it's um, it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning was rough because of having to do things over. He has an abscessed finger, and so he's his job's in the kitchen. We're supposed to keep him away from that, and that's difficult. Yeah. Um, so um, explaining to him or saying things like don't um, do that or uh, go do something, it's a lot better to say, let's go brush our teeth, do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning all the vocabulary is different for me because I just want to just say what I think, and that <laughs> doesn't work all the time. When, he, when we get our, the boxes of books, he will pick up the book out of the box, and he'll look at his name and say, how did that happen? <laughs> and I said, well, I did it behind your back. And what that means is that our study, our computers are on opposite walls. So we're working at our computers back to back. He's playing solitaire on his, and I'm writing and dealing with publishers on mine. So he's, you know, he doesn't realize all of this, you know. In fact, he'll, one day I saw him in his chair by his computer looking through the Advent book, and he wasn't just flipping the pages. I thought, oh, is he reading it? I don't know, because letters, like at the eye, for an eye exam, he may see the letter, but not know what the letter is. Um, so things like that have lo- are lost. Um, I've heard it described like a toddler. You're, a toddler is learning things little by little, um, but someone with Alzheimer's or dementia is losing things yeah. little yeah. by little. What what's your daughter and son-in-law's name again? Becky and Paul Gerhardt. Becky and Paul Gerhardt. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, out loud and for everybody that's listening and especially directed to you, Becky and Paul, um, I, I admire you and I want to thank you uh, so much for what you do. Because having been through this with two family members myself, um, I know that, that your mom couldn't do this on her own. Um, and you have made it possible for the two of them to stay together, which is a beautiful thing. And um, that deserves some public commendation. And um, you have my admiration and appreciation for that. And I know that that Anne has to feel that multiplied many times over. But I see so many people. The saddest thing about folks getting older with this kind of disease is when they have no one. Mm -hmm. Or even worse, when they have 
someone who's worse than no one. Mm-hmm. Um, because some families just don't, don't keep that love going. Um, and they can't aim their anger at the disease. Um, and so, you know, what you guys have accomplished is a beautiful thing. And, you know, 65 years of marriage, and some people would look at this and think, uh, how sad and, and how tragic. And I'm not saying that there's not sadness or tragedy in it, but I think there's also a beauty in it because you've, you've followed that whole circle and you've maintained that love and that relationship. Um, and I, I can't think of anything more beautiful. I really can't. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there are bright spots like his sense of humor mm-hmm. is still there. He loves to tease. He'll block a doorway and yeah. you know and and tease me like I I can't get through, or um, just little expressions of yeah. love. He's usually the first to say I love you, which is different than years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's those. He wants to be helpful. He wants to be useful. Do do something. I learned with my mom and with my grandmother that you latch on to things, mm-hmm. you know, because it's very easy to focus on the negative oh, and yes. and let that control you and and just own your thoughts. But you, the healthier thing to do is learn to grasp those little positives uh, that they're like little nuggets of gold, and you just hang on to those things. Um, and that helps get you through. It really does. Um, I will tell you that for my grandmother, so much of my younger years with her were when she was demented. Mm. And um, when she was uh, in a healthier state of mind, I was just a little boy for the most part and wasn't around her nearly as much. Um when she passed and we had her funeral, um, my mom and my aunt kind of ran the show and th- they uh, had sort of an open mic. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to do. But they just invited people to, you know, share memories. Now, these are people mostly who hadn't seen my grandmother in years mm-hmm. because we went back to Iowa for her funeral. Um, that was a beautiful experience to me because they told stories of what they remembered from her years and years and years before. And just going through all those old memories and reminiscing, it, it brought me back to realizing that my grandmother's still my grandmother. And she's still that woman that had all of that rich heritage and those beautiful stories and I see the same thing uh, you know with you and with Bill um, even though th- you know things are shadowed now by the mental illness and it's uh, he's still Bill mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah he's still, and I just want to say a word to you about um, <clears throat> your faithfulness and your love and and steadfastness and perseverance and all of those things that the scriptures call holding on, you know, till the end, being faithful uh, till the end, and you'll receive a crown of, of, of righteousness. And and I see that. I, I uh, kind of 
got your story in my heart as well because my mother had dementia and uh, she lived with my wife and I for the last six years of her oh. life. And the positive of that is, is that I was in the ministry as well and in church churches that were far away from where mom and dad lived in Florida. And so I would see them once or twice a year each year. And uh, when I got them in the end, I got to see them every day for six years. And that was a great, great blessing for me, even though, you know, what happens in those final six years. Uh, but uh, thank you for holding on and being an example yourself of faithfulness and steadfastness and, and love. It's a, it's a great, great I don't lesson. know anything else to do. Right. And we've, you know, buying the house together with our daughter and her husband and moving away from friends that we've had for over 22 years, um, you know, and when they come to visit, it's it's a highlight. Uh, and for Bill, he'll sit and listen to stories of uh, that happened when we were there. Um, it's like one couple comes and he brings his flute. Another couple comes and he plays the piano and we sing around the piano. Uh, and that's one thing that's still there. Music mm -hmm. is still there. That's great. Um, he doesn't always say the words, but he will. And he, you can tell he knows it because of the advancement of he knows what's coming next in the song, whether it's hymns or choruses or classicals. Um, so it's the music is still there. And that's a beautiful A little gift from God. Right? Yes, beautiful. yes, yes. Well, Anne, before we go, I want you to remind our listeners, you know, a couple things. One, what the name of your uh, Bill's podcast, and the other is um, what's the best way to either get one of your books or to contact you. Okay, the podcast is goes along with the first book, Words of Endearment. So it's Words of Endearment with Bill Coker, and you can. Uh, hear the podcast on some of the same servers that you're on. I get mm -hmm. you on CastBox, and then there's Spotify and Apple and Amazon. Um, his books are available, of course, on Amazon. And uh, the best way to contact me is my email address, and that's al2.coker, C-O-K-E-R, at gmail.com. So that's al2.coker at gmail.com. And I have all but the prayer books at home um, that if you want to order through me, you can email me. Um, but I'd like to hear um, some response from any of the topics that we've uh, covered today. And I've really found it a a privilege to be here, kind of jittery at first, ah. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about getting ready for it. Um, but you all have been gracious hosts, and I appreciate what you all are doing with these adventures in faith. <laughs> 
Well, you have blessed us by being here. We thank you so much for that. Jack, anything you want to say? No, just no. Uh, just the Lord's love go with you and give you strength, you know, for each day. And like you said, each day is a new day and find the joy and the blessing in it. And I know you are because I can see it and we can feel the spirit within you as well, giving you the strength that you need. So Thank you. blessings go with you. We, we appreciate you coming. I, I go most daily by a, a, a saying that says, only I can do this, but I cannot do it alone. Approaching each task with, yes, it's I'm the one that has to do it, but I can't do it alone. Very true. Very true. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I hope that you've been blessed as much by listening to Ann share her story and the story of her husband, Bill, uh, as we have. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.